0: Today we are discussing the paper by Dr. Haynes and colleagues entitled The Beneficial Impact of Regular Exercise on Platelet Function in Sedentary Older Adults, Evidence from a Randomized Six-Month Walking Trial in the Journal of Applied Physiology. We have Dr. Haynes representing the authors and Dr. Taylor as an expert in the field. My name is Lacey Alexander, and I am the associate editor who handled the review process. I will be moderating the discussion. Dr. Haynes, please briefly tell us what was the hypothesis? Hypothesis being tested in the paper and how you went about testing it and what you found that was previously not known.
1: We wanted to test whether the adoption of physical activity would have any impact on two platelet based outcomes, both of which are relevant to cardiovascular disease. The first was the presence of monocyte platelet aggregates in vivo, which has implications for atherogenesis, and the second was the sensitivity of platelets to activation when exposed to a variety of platelet agonists. And this has relevance to thrombosis. Thrombosis and therefore to acute coronary syndromes. Physically inactive older adults with a mean age of 60 years were recruited, and participants were randomly allocated to one of two groups: either six months of walking exercise, composed of three 50-minute bouts per week, individually prescribed at 60 to 65% of heart rate reserve, or a six-month no-exercise intervention group, where participants maintained their pre-study routine. Monocyte-platelet aggregates in vivo and agonist induced monocyte platelet aggregates were measured in resting venous blood samples at baseline and following the intervention. And we found that monocyte platelet aggregates increased significantly in the no exercise group, whereas there was no significant change with exercise. And this is important as progressive increases in monocyte platelet aggregates are likely to be detrimental to vascular health. And secondly, we found that there was no change in agonist induced monocyte platelet aggregation in any group. And this suggests that when platelets are required to perform hemostatic functions, responses will be relatively unaffected in individuals performing the volume of exercise implemented in the current study. And when you tie these aspects together, our study suggests that if a person is physically active, they may be less likely to develop atherosclerotic lesions at the same rate as people who are sedentary. However, if atherosclerotic plaque does become damaged and releases platelet agonists into the blood, the thrombotic consequences may be identical. And therefore, the cardioprotective effects of exercise may be more attributed to inhibition of atherosclerosis as opposed to active individuals having blood which has a lower propensity to thrombogenesis. And this is the first study to show this. And this study may also indicate that the assessment of monocyte platelet aggregates in vivo could be used as a preclinical marker of cardiovascular disease in asymptomatic individuals.
0: Thank you. Dr. Taylor, you're an expert in the field. What's your take on this paper?
2: I think this paper is really exciting because as we all know, with respect to exercise training and cardiovascular disease, the emphasis should be on prevention, but it's where we often fall short because we still don't fully understand how best to prevent cardiovascular disease and even managing our traditional risk factors like blood lipids, blood pressure, BMI still doesn't necessarily convert into an appreciable reduction in risks or at least all the risks. So, So, what's really interesting about this paper, and going back to kind of what uh, Dr. Haynes was just saying in his explanation of it, is that authors found a real preventive effect even over just six months in the exercise group versus the control group. So, whereas the control group actually increased their circulating MPAs, the exercise training group prevented that increase. So, it's that preventive aspect that's really interesting about it, especially because, again, as Dr. Haynes suggested, the acute thrombotic events or kind of thrombotic reaction of the platelets themselves was not affected. So in a person who shows up with thrombotic disease or cardiovascular events or coronary syndrome, we have a pretty strong pharmaceutical arsenal for all these different drugs that we can give people to actually reduce acute thrombosis. But what we can't do is change prevention at that point, right? So we can give people medicines to reduce their cardiac risk of having an additional event, but we can't necessarily change the atherosclerosis. Process as easily. So, this concept that exercise may be the unknown factor and be able to improve prevention is a really exciting concept. And I think what made this paper really novel and make a big contribution to the field.
0: Thank you, Dr. Taylor. It was a very interesting comment. I'm also curious, Dr. Haynes, if you can comment on the types of exercise, the walking protocol that these older subjects went through, and the adaptability of incorporating this into daily activities?
1: So all of the exercise that the participants performed was completely supervised. So they had to come to our laboratory and then we would take them outside walking for the 50 minutes per day. And this was individualized for each participant. So they each wore a heart rate monitor and they all had an exercise physiologist with them that made sure that they were walking at the right speed to induce the correct heart rate response. So we didn't necessarily include home-based exercise, it was all supervised for this study.
0: Excellent. I think that's a real strength of this particular study was the supervised aspect of the training. Plus, I think it's something quite doable and
1: can easily
0: be adopted by uh, this particular age group and cohort of previously sedentary participants. Dr. Haynes, what is your take on Dr. Taylor's assessment of the study?
1: Um, Yeah, I think it is very exciting to see that we uh, might have found something that could potentially prevent increases. Um, I am very curious uh, as a follow-on from this to find out whether or not a greater exercise stimulus might have the ability to actually decrease monocyte platelet aggregates in this population. So I would actually like to perform another study where we actually perform a greater intensity of exercise, I think probably more like a gym-focused exercise regimen, and see whether or not we can actually decrease as opposed to just prevent increase in monocyte platelet aggregates.
0: Dr. Taylor, do you have any more comments or particular strengths or areas where you see the field going
2: in this particular arena? There's kind of two things that really pop into mind as I read the paper and I think about it. The first is a kind of piggybacking on what Dr. Haynes just said, you know, he would like to investigate a greater intensity. And certainly we now know as some of the bigger meta-analyses of exercise are coming out that this moderate 150 minute per week dose of exercise. Exercise may not be sufficient to evoke maximal benefits. We think that people can probably do a lot more than that minimum dose. So anytime you see some really promising results, like Dr. Haynes saw from this study, we start to ask some questions about dose-responsive exercise, greater intensity, persistence of effects. So for example, after six months, after a year, after two years, five years, 10 years, the duration of kind of cumulative exposure, how does that influence these atherosclerotic processes or the propensity to them. So I think there's a whole new arena of questions that comes out of that, again, particularly because we're talking about one of the major disease processes in the body that increases the likelihood of cardiovascular disease. So that's the first area that I think there's just tremendous capacity for growth, especially because with this dose of exercise in the current study, the subjects didn't actually exhibit measurable increases in maximal oxygen uptake or VO2 max. So certainly there is even room within this current training paradigm to increase the intensity or the exposure. And then the second question I think that really comes up is this was a great cohort, an extremely healthy cohort in that they had very few medicines that they were using on a regular basis, prescription drugs. And of course, in this population, the 55 plus population, we often see a large number of drugs on board, things like cholesterol-lowering drugs, drugs that affect acute and chronic thrombosis, blood thinners, anticoagulants, blood pressure-lowering meds. So a really interesting question, and I think that one is very relevant in the clinical translational world, is what would be the interaction between drugs, especially those that may impact platelets and thrombosis, with exercise? Would there be an additive effect? Would there be a ceiling effect? Because of course, the big controversy in cardiology is always, is exercise alone better, equivalent to, or less good than a drug? And what is the interaction between those two, given the fact that most clinicians prescribe
1: drugs?
0: Dr. Haynes, what's your take on Dr. Taylor's assessment?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think uh, Dr. Taylor has some very valid points that are very exciting as well. We uh, specifically recruited participants who were sedentary and who were not taking antiplatelet medications. So this allowed us to actually test whether or not meeting the minimum requirement 150 of moderate intensity minutes of exercise per week had the potential to have any effect but also to understand whether or not the effect was derived from exercise as opposed to being influenced by medications.
0: I think that that is a nice strength of the study as well, trying to figure out where we are at a baseline so that future studies can look at the effects of different medications and those interactions as we build upon the body of literature and apply it to the larger population. Well, I want to thank you both for being here today. Do you have any final comments? as we uh, finish out this discussion?
1: I think one important thing that I've taken from this study that I think other studies should also implement is the control group because I think if we didn't have a control group in this study and we would have found essentially no effect of exercise, we could come out with a conclusion that exercise has no impact on this outcome measure. And it was only because we included a control group in this study that we observed the increase in monocyte platelet aggregates in the control group to say that there was actually potentially a beneficial effect of the exercise. That's
0: an excellent point. Dr. Taylor, do you have any comments?
2: And to add on to that, because it is a real strength of this study, I think there's an even more powerful message, which is the negative impact of sedentary behavior. So as Dr. Haynes noted, it was the control group that really showed these increases in MPAs and then exercise that had the preventive effect. So if there were measurable decrements in cardiovascular function or atherosclerotic risk over just six months with sedentary behavior, imagine the exposure over six years or 12 years. And so again, that control group, I think, indirectly really supports the message that sedentary behavior and physical inactivity is a real independent cardiovascular risk factor.
0: Thank you both for being here today and for discussing this important study and its impact on the greater body of the literature and potential new studies and where we go from here. And thank you for your support of the Journal of Applied Physiology.